What do today's fastest growing direct consumer brands all have in common? They use Klaviyo to personalize their marketing, build their customer relationships, and automate their online sales. Whether it's a new subscriber or your most loyal customer, growing your e-commerce business starts with creating amazing marketing experiences. Discover winning marketing strategies in Klaviyo's new video series, Ready, Set, Grow. Each week, you'll explore key tactics of some of Klaviyo's more than 17,000 customers who use these to grow their business. So tune in to Ready, Set, Grow, and to receive even more helpful content, visit klaviyo.com slash blend. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash B-L-E-N-D. Okay, guys, so let me be honest with you. I've got a bit of a love-hate relationship with SMS. And I personally started using SMS for brands about three years ago. But I think in that time, I've been on the receiving end of some brilliant and some not-so-brilliant SMS. So the question for me is, how can we do it better? Or perhaps, how can we even start? So to help us answer these questions, I'm really pleased to welcome Karen McDonald, He's a co-founder of The Greenhouse, who are an email SMS agency for e-commerce brands. So Kerry, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Adam. No, it's a pleasure. And Kerry, I'm going to kind of start and go in hard. <laughs> Why is there a perception that SMS is spammy? Well, simply put, because brands use it in a spammy way. <laughs> they only send messages to customers when they have a sale or a promotion going on. and the problem is, is that it's the most personal channel for a consumer. It's the most direct way to get to them. So, you know, you can't just copy and paste all your sales and flash sales and put them on SMS for, for a quick win. Mm. No, I, I agree. And I think you know, the, the thing that always makes me, me wonder and is that when SMS kind of first came out as a communication channel, mm-hmm. it was being used a lot by kind of delivery companies, mail companies, to kind of give you valuable information that kind of confirms something was going to happen. And yeah. I almost feel like there's, like you say, brands have been using it to just push, push, push. They've kind of taken a bit of a leap from where it was to where it got to. And we've forgotten about this kind of sweet spot in the middle, which I guess mm-hmm. is where people that you work with are kind of killing it, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it can be super, super useful for order notifications and things like that. You know, what? The information that you want right in your pocket at the the quickest moment, it's it's really great for that. I think what happened was a lot of brands started seeing the, you know, like the the quick sales that it can generate. They send a flash sale and they get a ton of revenue from it and a ton of return. And they think, oh great, I only have to do that a couple times a month to my SMS list. And that happened so many times with so many brands and businesses that then it, you know, really gave off the perception, like you said, of spammy. Mm, I mean, the, I think what the thing too is that when that's kind of done and when I've seen it being done sometimes is that you have brands that develop a really good rapport on email. They mm-hmm. see the silver bullet of SMS and they're kind of two-footed straight into it. Forget about email, SMS, all this bullshit that we hear on LinkedIn. And it's like, actually, no, just take it a little bit slowly. So well, the question I want to ask you is, I guess it's going to be a bit like a confession box now, is that when you see brands kind of using SMS, 
what are the things that they're really kind of screwing up from the start? Like how, if, if you wanted to write a book on how not to do SS, SMS, what would be the chapter titles for you? Yeah. Number one, send more messages. And as counteractive as that sounds, like when you only reach out to somebody you know, once or twice a month, they've actually forgotten that they're on your list in the in-between, right? So it gives them more of an opportunity to forget about you. And then when you hit them again, they're like, oh, I'd never meant to be here and I never wanted to do this. So that's, you know, number one, like not sending enough, you know, the, the people are telling you they want to be there and hear from you. Number two, as I've mentioned a couple times now, only sending promotional messages, you know, imagine if you had a friend or a family member that only contacted you when they wanted something from you. Hey, can I borrow $20? Can you Venmo me? Can you go and pick this up for me? And they never provided any value or additional anything to your life, right? You probably wouldn't want to hear from them or keep contact with them so often. Same thing for brands. It's especially even 10 times more for brands because they don't have that personal connection with you like they do people. And then some other, you know, kind of less common things, but like not including the sender name in your message, right? I've seen that a bunch of times or changing your number a lot. That can be very like spammy and coming through them with different numbers, not working with a SMS carrier that has good deliverability. Those are just a couple of things that I can call at the top of my head. And, and I guess the frustrating thing to you is that, you know, all of that information is is there and very clear to, to how people can use it. And I guess it, it's this kind of overexcitement, I guess. We get an e-commerce and we see a new tool, we jump in, we go up too hard. Just in terms of, of, you mentioned obviously about not, you know, just going out and promotional messages. Mm -hmm. Could you maybe share some things that should get shared that perhaps aren't getting shared? So certain types of SMS campaigns or flows that, you know, work pretty well that you don't tend to see many people using. I think one of the brands that has the best some one of the best estimate strategies that i've ever seen is glossier i mm. mean they send these messages that are like just fun to consume i can't tell you the last time that i've bought um anything from glossier but i remain on their sms list and i always click through because they send me cat pictures they send me dog pictures they send me you know funny memes they send me funny messages that are relatable so what should brands be doing? I mean, just think of it from a holistic strategy, right? You're not only putting promos on your social media and you're not only putting promos in your emails. You're not only putting promos, you know, on your other channels. So why are we doing that for SMS on the most personal channel there is for consumers? Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I always say, and a good strategy is like start with like mirroring kind of what's going on on the email channel. So, you know, you should have a mixture of educational content, community-based content, you know, promo and launches are, are okay, just not every single message, right? And then, you know, an, another good example of if you're only going to send either like promotional or launch messages, like you have a brand like Skims, right? Skims sells out about 10 minutes when they launch a collection, right? You know, there's about a 10-minute window when they launch between when they'll sell out of your size. So when they send that SMS, they only send new launch, new collection SMSs. And the only reason I think that works for them is number one, it's a celebrity brand, but number two, because you know that the FOMO is real, right? They launch a collection, you know it's going to sell out. 
Whereas these brands, you know, only sending new launches and saying, hey, it's going to sell out. And then a customer checks seven days later and it's still there. They're like, well, that's not really true. Then next time, you know, that's a that's a a strategy then that they can see through. I'm glad you mentioned those those two examples because I think, you know, what's one of the things that I always strikes me about e-commerce and the time you're working in it is that there is always kind of this mentality that we need to copy or emulate another brand. Now, being oh, from yeah. a, you know, Gymshark are the poster boys of, of Shopify. So <laughs> yes. if I had a pound or a dollar for every time someone's could have said, we want to be the next Gymshark, you know, it's like that head in hammer and we go, oh shit, not another one. I guess what I'm trying to say is now, in your opinion, I guess what you're saying is that you kind of need to follow your own brand principles and kind of be yourself a little bit more rather than maybe just trying to emulate what's going on at a bigger scale. Absolutely. But I think that that can be true for the overall marketing strategy in general. You know, I mean, it's off topic to what we're here to talk about, which is SMS, but that's just a good strategy overall for brand principle. You can't, you know, like launch a brand and, you know, plan to grow and scale a brand by fully copying another brand strategy and positioning and messaging, et cetera. You know, you do kind of have to pave your own way and figure out. And and one way that I really love to do that, and you can get it like so quick through SMS is to just ask your customers, you know, ask them why they're here, why they love the brand, you know, what they're doing this weekend, what their biggest concerns are, why they signed up for the list. And you can get quick, quick responses from them and, you know, take all those, put them into a word cloud. And you could really learn a lot about your customers and why they're there and then use that, you know, in your other marketing efforts and to shape your SMS strategy. Yeah, I love that. I love that idea. I think that's that's super smart. And talking of strategy, actually, one of the questions I wanted to ask you is, when it comes to SMS, I always find that one of the things that people get a little bit stuck on is, what's the best way to go out and initially collect those telephone numbers if you haven't been doing it previously? Mm-hmm. So what's kind of yeah, the, the jump off point? So we've got a brand, existing brand, they've got an email mm-hmm. address. You know, what, are, what are the kind of you know, starting points you'd recommend of saying, right, here's how you're going to go out and get your first you know, 5,000 numbers from a, from a, a customer base? Yeah. So we really have two places that we start from that are easy, quick wins, right? Number one is your email list. You know, they're already there. They're already members of your community. They're already following along with the brand. You'll want to have something that is a unique proposition for them to join SMS. If you say early access to sales, you better actually give them early access to sales, right? If you say early access to launches, you better actually give them that. But have some sort of unique proposition to, you know, get them on the list, right? Why, why should they sign up to SMS if they're already on your email list? But then start there. I mean, run campaigns, add it to the footer of all your emails, join the SMS list. That's the first start. If you already have a list of people, that's the best way. And then second is the social media. So, you know, I always say, usually I just do an SMS only landing page for Instagram because or TikTok. Because we're assuming that they're on their phone, the majority of them anyway. Now, 
I personally use Instagram on my desktop, but you know, I, I assume the majority of consumers use it on their phone. So that's why we do SMS only. So those are two places I would start. You already have followings and people watching what you're doing there. You know, if you're going to put it on social media, I recommend some sort of a discount or an offer or a giveaway or something. And then if you're going to do it on email, you don't necessarily have to give them an additional discount. You could try a giveaway, but just giving them additional perks, um, especially if you've built up a community. Those are like two quick wins to start to build the list. Cool. I, I Also, I remember seeing a couple of brands that have done this whereby they will have a product that is only available to purchase if you're an SMS subscriber. What mm-hmm. are you going to Because I, I'm kind of conflicted here because... Part of me says, great, because then you've got that kind of, you know, scarcity thing that we always go about in e-commerce and exclusivity. But then on the other hand, do you kind of run the risk of that seeping through to the market? And then other people saying, well, hey, I've been a loyal customer of you guys for X amount of time. Why don't I get to buy, you know, the red version of this lipstick versus the blue and the purple and the green one? Yeah, I mean... I see it in a different way of sort of like, I feel like that type of strategy gets you quick wins, right? Like, so if you say, I have a product that is only available to our SMS subscribers, you might get an influx of SMS subscribers. But the moment that they are to see the product and they decide they don't want it or they see the product and they get it, they're probably going to be off. You know, consumers are so smart these days. You know, it's like it's not it's not like what it was before when digital marketing was all new. They can pretty much see through everything we're doing, right? And, you know, if they want something that we're offering, they're going to do whatever they have to do, jump through hoops, get the discount, get the product, get the whatever, and then get out if they want to. Mm. So I'd probably focus less on like those strategies that get like quick hits and people on the list. And like everything and like building a brand in general, it's a long-term play, you know, it's... Mm-hmm. I think, you know, that's, that is, I still think the greatest battle in e-commerce, isn't it, is, is getting people to think long-term rather than short-run because, Definitely. because I remember kind of when I first got into e-commerce, it was kind of the real drop shipping boom. And although drop shipping, you know, has kind of started to some extent now, I still think that's still that mentality of, right, you know, e-commerce is a, is a quick win, is an easy thing to do an easy way to kind of monetize something quickly. And you're right, you know, it, as as we've all seen, probably listening to this podcast, you know, it, it takes time. And the other thing I wanted to move on to as well is that, you know, with obviously with Evergreen, oh, sorry, with the greenhouse, the thing that when people come to you is, I guess, is that sometimes, look, not every brand necessarily might be a fit for SMS. I don't know, you, maybe you'd tell me otherwise, but I guess what I'm asking is that when, if people are listening to this and saying, right, can I identify if I need SMS? What are the kind of, you know, factors? What are the things that you kind of see in a business that make you go, right, yeah, you are a good fit for using SMS for this brand? Definitely. It's a question that I get a lot too. And a lot of times when people come to us, they're like, yeah, I, I want to start SMS or I've been thinking about SMS and I'll take a look at their brand and I'll take a look at what they're doing on email. And I'm like, don't start SMS. It's not... You know, here's the thing. Once you start it, because I I already mentioned previously, but like once you start it, you know, you don't want to abandon the channel or the strategy, right? You start SMS 
you either want to work with a team of experts who know what they're doing, or you need to make sure you have the time to like really develop and learn the strategy, right? Develop the initial strategy, see how it performs, learn from the audience, and then, you know, obviously iterate and change and make it better. And so, you know, unless you have the bandwidth, you know, to do that, like, don't get into SMS in the first place. If you don't feel like you have the bandwidth and the the wherewithal or the knowledge, right, to even start channel. Because if you start, you grow an SMS list and then you stop, you go dark on the channel for X number of days or weeks or months, like the consumers are just going to forget about you. And then the minute you send another message, they're going to say, unsubscribe, take me off. I didn't even remember I was here. <laughs> so that's number one. And then I think it's like, a hard pill sometimes to swallow that like every channel is important, but not every channel is important right now for that step in your journey where you are. So I would say, you know, if, if you don't already have a solid email list built up, like 10K, 20K, start there, you know, get really build the email list up and really build, you know, your consumer base and your communication to them on a regular basis. And also, too, I just find that SMS really works for brands who either have like a strong community, right? So they have like a really strong community that they're building on social media or they're curating within their emails, things like that, or brands that have either a lot of SKUs or a repeat purchasable item, right? So we have a couple of brands that are products like buy once and then you maybe only need like refills every few months. That type of product doesn't necessarily lend itself well to SMS because you need to be frequently messaging them. But then it turns into like, you know, what do we message? That's where segmentation comes in. But, you know, if I had to to look and say, you know, a, a, somebody who's selling peanut butter and they have five SKUs and they have an email list of 2000, you're not ready for SMS. <laughs> awesome. That's great. And I think, look, it's great to you to kind of yeah give those kind of markers too because like I say there are a lot of different strategies and tools you can deploy and I think sometimes it's more helpful to kind of you know qualify and disqualify yourself from certain things when you know people like you you know, who who know what they're doing here can can kind of guide on that and I think the the other thing I wanted to ask too about the kind of on the SMS front is we have people obviously listening to this show that are you know maybe looking to start with SMS and mm-hmm. we've got people that are already can sort of driving consistent revenue. Obviously you've got quite a lot of experience with both email and SMS, but for the ones who are just starting, what are some of the first steps you'd encourage them to do to maybe prep themselves or, or kind of get them ready for that first, you know, campaign or integration with their email marketing to send out automated SMS? Yeah, I mean, I I guess the first step is, you know, figuring out what your content strategy is. And I, I guess that's really a more holistic answer. But if you're talking about before you even start, like figure out like what you're going to talk about on the channel, right? And then figure out what you're already talking about on other marketing channels and how you can relate it to SMS and how you can make the, that content valuable for them on that personal channel. Um, And then think about, you know, like, your opportunities for list growth, obviously, where you're going to target, how you're going to build the list, pop-up, welcome offer, that sort of thing. And then email automations. Think about your automations because you know you definitely need to have basically everything that you have on your 
email channel as an automation, you should mirror on the SMS channel. Love that. And, and I think, you know, that's the nice thing with that is what you, you described there too, is that again, you're getting them, you're, you're, you're asking people to say, guide your SMS principles or what you've done previously with email. And although yes, they are two different things you're doing, ultimately it's that communication form that you go out in kind of short form to then get them to then take a particular action. So I think, look, that's great advice. And I think for maybe those ones who are already driving revenue with SMS, what are the sort of things, I guess, you know, knowing in 23 that we kind of should be kind of pushing towards if we are a bit more advanced on the SMS front? Absolutely. I think number one is like looking at the automations. I actually find this in general for a lot of brands that I come across is even big brands who have established email and SMS programs. They're like, yeah, we're sending campaigns. We're doing everything right. And I'm like, yeah, well, when's the last time you like revamped your flows or your automations? <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah, I think we did those a couple quarters ago. We've been mean. They've been on the list, yeah. you know, but we haven't gotten to them yet. And so I think automations can really be like a, a key spot to really build and expand. Uh, you know, like once you, you can, depending on the SMS provider that you're working with, you can target different segments at different times, right? So if someone becomes a VIP customer, you know, targeting them there. If somebody, you know, is, has a win back opportunity or if someone, there's a re-engagement opportunity, there's a re-engagement segment, you know, setting up those automations is a way that, you know, you can expand just from the typical, you know, five automations that they tell you to roll out with SMS. Also, then I would probably say, deploy more like, you know, conversational strategies as well. So there's things that you can do like, you know, what are talking skincare brand, what's your biggest skin concern, dryness, redness, aging, etc, acne, right, and respond with that one and we'll tell you your results or something like that. So just deploying more like strategies like that, where number one, you can learn from that customer base. And then number two, you can, you know, target then setting up tags on the back end. So if they responded with dryness, then, you know, check in with them monthly, like, hey, how's your dry skin? Is it improving? Or how's your skin feeling? Here's a product for you, that sort of thing. You know, basically just taking what you're doing and like amplifying it and, and, and learning more. I think what I'm hearing as well from you is that it's, it's also about thinking it as a two-way channel, because obviously sure. what you're talking about here is that, yeah, and, and that's, sometimes I feel that, you know, even the stuff that we've some, done sometimes as an agency on email, it feels a bit intentionally to be one way. And mm -hmm. sometimes you kind of need that depending on the message. But I think like you say with SMS, what, what I'm hearing here is actually you've got to make it a method that encourages people to come back and forth because A, then you've got more chance of getting, getting to do the action you want them to do. And secondly, I, what I keep hearing from you is this data thing too. You can extract so much out of them quickly to then use yeah. that the rest of the marketing. Yeah. No, I, I love that as a marketing strategy in general, because a lot that I see from brands, you know, we ask them, like, why do your customers choose your product? Like, why do people buy two, three, four times? Like, what problem is this solving? They're like, you know, I don't know. Here's what I think. Listen, if you have a subset of customers, you have to ask them questions. You have to get feedback from them. You have to ask why they stuck around, why they subscribed, why they unsubscribed. Like, you know, you need to learn these things. Why didn't they purchase again? Like, 
Maybe they had a fluky, bad customer experience, or maybe they just hated the product. But either way, you need to hear all of it, right? In order to, you know, what, one of my favorite things to find out is if customers think that the product is too expensive. Why? Because then we cur- curate messaging around why the product is so expensive and other ways to use it that makes it more valuable for them. So like customer feedback in general as a marketing strategy is like, I think most people don't do it enough, right? So the thing with SMS that makes it so cool of an opportunity is that, you know, most messages are open within 15 minutes of sending them. And, you know, it's so easy for them to reply. So if you give them an opportunity to reply and tell you something, even if you don't give them an opportunity to tell you something, they're going to reply and be like, no, I don't want this or driving can't text. You see all of that on the back end, right? Is it use that as an opportunity since you know that they're already responding and it's easy for them to. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, we, we vouch a lot for things like customer surveys and jobs to be done surveys and that mm-hmm. general finding out from customers. And I think there is there's still a massive fear when brands are doing that. And I think it, the brands that break through that and go, actually, screw this, we are going to go and ask these questions. Yeah, okay, it might be a bit bruising initially for some of the negative ones, but you are going to learn a heck of a lot more than you mm-hmm. are trying to you know, mine through you know, pages and pages of, of constated data and making assumptions on people's behaviors when you can ask them the, the actual reasons why they've done those things that have created that data. So I think, yeah, it's, it, people have got to get over that fear. But yeah, we, we, I think we're all probably collectively marketers trying to trying to, to encourage brands to do that. Um, I wanted to ask you a couple of things in terms of, I guess, the right here and now about SMS. Now, mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people listening will have heard about solutions using WhatsApp and kind of think, you know, do I need to do both? Do I pick one? Are the two kind of playing with each other? What's kind of your feeling on WhatsApp and, and what's been your kind of experience of using it so far? Yeah, I haven't actually used WhatsApp for any brands yet, but I think that it is an interesting way. It sort of reminds me of the, you know, Facebook Messenger marketing. And I think WhatsApp especially is is more of like a text channel than like a messaging channel, right? Because it's what, you know, international people use to communicate. Um, and I think that a brand who has like a strong international, like if you have a lot of customers in different countries, or you have a strong international base of customers, I feel like WhatsApp can be a really strong channel because the majority of SMS providers don't have strong international texting support. And if they do, it's usually by, you know, country and region. So you'd have to set up a US account or a UK account, things like that. Yeah. Um, so I feel like WhatsApp can be a really interesting channel. And I would just think that, you know, the same strategies apply, but we might be testing it very soon with a, with a client. So I'd be really interested to see how it goes. Cool. In terms of testing things out, have you tested out ChatGPT for creating SMS yet? Um, and what's your feeling on that? <laughs> you know, I actually, I personally haven't done it. We did encourage our copywriters to try it out, especially for SMS, because, you know, here's another little thing is that SMS can get very pricey, very fast. If you're sending things like messages or or, sorry, images, or if your messages are too long, right? So one of the things that we've been, you know, 
leveraging that for is like, hey, take this paragraph of text and make it 160 characters, you know, kind of reword it uh, and make it, you know, I personally haven't tried it, but I'll have to check in with the copywriters, see if they have and see how it's going. But I definitely think that if you're a brand and you're trying to do it on your own, like, I definitely think just tell it to make it fun, you know, tell it to make it engaging for the consumer and not just the cut and dry, whatever they give you. Probably a bit more of a, a personal question on chat GPT. Obviously, <laughs> uh, you and I are pretty active on LinkedIn and th- there's been lots of posting about the moment. Yeah. <laughs> I obviously saying, you know, look, as, as marketing professionals that you and I both are, it's going to basically, you know, kill off our industry and it's going to kill us, you know, as marketers. Thoughts feeling on that statement? <laughs> I have every every channel industry position has died at some point, right? Like email marketing is dead. Someone's going to say SMS marketing is dead. Someone's going to say ChatGPT are going to you know kill off the marketing positions, the copywriter positions. I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not a forward-thinking predictor of what will happen with the technology that's coming out, especially around like AI and things like that. I'm just not versed enough well in it. But, you know, to my knowledge and understanding, like, you know, right now, the tool as it is, it, it, it does, it can't fully replace, you know, you and your marketing stack or a copywriter, but it can definitely be a, a great tool in addition. But you need to get the insights from the customer and have that two-way, you know, communication my insights yeah i mean look i agree and i think look it would be a pretty bland world if we start seeing marketers just using outputs and chat gpt and marketing and i think yeah, yeah people like you said before consumers aren't dumb that will start no. terms and and you need that kind of spark of creativity and this isn't just a ploy for me saying look use agencies it's a ploy for me saying look as businesses as brands themselves you need to still have that creative edge and, and that knowledge of your brand to communicate properly. So yeah, like chat GPT, but all this bullshit about it, you know, taking over, couldn't disagree more. Yeah. Talking of tech, the other thing I wanted to ask is, I know you mentioned to me before we spoke, something is happening with Apple and SMS. What is that and how's it going to affect us? It's like it's like the never ending story of the of the 2020s. Apple is out to Apple is out to get the marketers. Actually, it's not ChatGPT, guys. Yeah. So one of their recent updates is going to include the promotions folder for the text messaging inbox for your messages. So similarly to, you know, you have Gmail with your primary inbox and then your other inbox or your promotional inbox. Yeah, they're rolling that out for SMS as well. And so that it it's just a reason for why these strategies that we talked about today and not thinking about spamming your customers and thinking about connecting with your customers and actually engaging with them and providing value is going to be even more important now because it's going to be easy for them to just say, move this to the promotional folder. Or it might automatically do it for them if you are you know, sending spammy messages. I haven't personally tested it out yet, so I don't have the update. But yeah, it's it's coming. It's going to be interesting how it's going to play into the landscape. One thing I can say and one recommendation I can give right now is to encourage your customers to save your number as a contact in their phone. 
because mm-hmm. that's going to register as their contact. They're just messaging you. It's not going to register as promotional messaging then. Yeah, I love that little nugget. So maybe we can start weaving that into kind of sign up forms and copy that goes out, maybe in emails as well, just to make sure that people are doing that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Now, look, it's been great to talk to care about SMS, but the, the one fun thing I want to ask you is, is that alongside using SMS, what other tech do you see being used by e-com brands this year alongside SMS? Well, something interesting that I see with SMS and that has been trying to roll out for a few years now, but it hasn't been successfully done is like actually like text to pay, you know, like actually transactions happening in the inbox. And I think that that is like super interesting. And I tested it out briefly with a brand. It had some really good results. And I just think that's a super interesting tech that's still being developed because I know there was some limitations between the text providers and Shopify and stuff like that. So, you know, definitely, I think that will be interesting. It sounds, you know, basic, but something that I see brands not doing is like integrating their current tech stack with all of their, you know, making all their current tech work together, right? So if you have like, for example, a subscription provider, you know, making sure you integrate that with your SMS platform so that they're getting those reminders on that same SMS platform and they can respond and you can engage with them. So that sounds basic, but that's one thing. And probably like you mentioned, like, you know, looking into messaging opportunities like WhatsApp is going to be a very interesting addition to SMS, especially for international brands. So yeah, that's how I see it. Awesome. Thank you, Kerry. And Look, it's, as I say, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. And what I want to say is if obviously people listening want to find more about you, want to more about the green out, where should they go? What should they do? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm mostly on LinkedIn. So if you'd like to connect with me personally and drop some questions in my inbox, totally open to that. Carrie McDonald on LinkedIn. And uh, you can check out the greenhouse at growwithgreenhouse.com. Fantastic. Thank you, Kerry. And guys, thank you very much for tuning in. If you've liked what you listened to today, do give us a like or review on the listening platform of your choice. And we'll be here again same time next week with Shogby Across the Pond.